Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. And this week we were talking about episode 9, Class Pre-Reunion, which was dropped on this date, November 26, but in 1993. Today I am joined by the duo that make up 8-Bit Fusion. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Don. And I'm Lee. And you guys do all these really cool graphic designs. Uh, My personal favorite is they have a shirt of Ash on a skateboard and it says the evil shred and it's fucking baller <laughs> that's probably probably my favorite of all of my designs for uh, sure. and we are crowded in a hotel room that I'm staying at in Pittsburgh because all three of us just went and saw Punchline as they taped what will be some type of music special uh, and for you'll some be service yeah some streaming service maybe but certainly a DVD yeah. um, so real quick before we go over the episode how did you guys enjoy the show it was badass. Loved it. it was so really, much fun. I have one complaint. has nothing to do with the band. There was a couple that was just like basically oh my God, fucking yes. each other in the front of the row. And they would not go away. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is happening? Like, they're supposed to be taking turns to be up front, and yeah. they just stayed up there the whole entire time. That, I just found that very rude. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, just kept looking. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it was disgusting. Yeah, and I can hear people around me talking about it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Show A+. plus Those people F. Yes! Um, so so uh, this episode starts out with Corey with his dad's camera. He's doing Eyewitness Corey. Uh, there was two lines that jumped out at me in this one that I, I found particularly funny. Is uh, <laughs> Corey's grounded for calling Saskatchewan to hear people talk Canadian. <laughs> and I love when... Uh, they're leaving, and his sister just says, Bye, sorry, everybody hates you. <laughs> like, she's such an asshole. Oh, she's so good. She's pretty, yeah, the, uh, the original sister is pretty great from the early yeah. seasons. Yeah, I do, and I've talked about it before on the show. Replacement sister, not nearly no, as charming no. or fun. Yeah. Not for nothing, the last line in that pre opening segment was pretty good too when he drops the camera and is like, Next week from grounded to my bedroom. <laughs> Um, this is another one of those early episodes where Corey loves sports, and it's like just a character trait that's just dropped so quickly in the next season. It's it's weird because I don't I don't think I started watching till like the third or fourth season, maybe maybe not four, but definitely not the first. Yeah. So it was like that's not the Corey Matthews that I know. Yes, yeah, it's, very it's weird, weird yeah. right? It, it's bizarre because hard, hardcore Philly fan. <laughs> um. Yeah, he loves the Phillies. Which, let's jump ahead. So so the premise of this episode, it really is just a direct one-plot episode. There's not really a B-plot. Uh, there's a slight there's B-plot. a small B-plot with the sister that's completely useless. Yeah. Well, it does give me the black, black, no take-backs, which I'm going to start using <laughs> all the time now. Yeah. But, okay. uh... Fair enough. Yeah. I agree. But the assignment is that Feeney tells them to pretend that they're coming to their 20-year reunion... And present like what they've done with their lives, and it's kind of a like look into what you want to do as a career. And maybe it's just me. I feel like Feeney was so hard on Corey for like a student who clearly doesn't do that much for class. He really like was creative with this assignment and like did all this stuff. And like Feeney just shit all over him. Like he didn't have like the finances. Yeah, which is like if I was in high school given this assignment, I wouldn't have looked into like price inflations and stuff like that. (laughs) Like like I feel like bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of a dick all around about it. He had no 
Yeah, no problem with with Topanga saying that you know she her plan was to to create a dystopian nightmare. <laughs> we made all the men live underground and use them exclusively for breeding. Yeah, like, <laughs> which does have like. That great line between her and Minkus. <laughs> You're breeding stuck. And he goes, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> President of the United States. Very ambitious, Miss Lawrence. Yes and no. Not many people want the job anymore. Oh, why is that? Well, now that I've disbanded the military and eliminated nuclear weapons, the position is not as seductive. Yes. <laughs> That's rather an unusual costume for a president, isn't it? We all wear togas now. It removes the hostile competition that fashion often creates. This world of yours seems like quite a peaceful and loving place. Yes, especially since we moved all men underground and used them just for breeding. Well, a few moments ago, uh, Mr. Minkus mentioned that you were his lovely wife. Stuart and I obviously do not see eye to eye on our futures. We're married! You're breeding stock! I'll take it! Um, Which, that's, like, that's classic Minkus right yeah. there, the I'll take it. So. Which, like, Minkus has another really good line in this episode that I'll get to a little bit later. But, man, Minkus really just vanishes pretty quickly from from all of Boy Meets World after this season too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm waiting to find that moment. I feel like it's just as soon as the second season starts, but I'm curious to see if he's like in the first few episodes of the mm-hmm. second season and then it's just like phased out. But I yeah. like I like Minkus. I always did too and I think it's weird and, and in, I think this is a good tie-in for my thoughts on this episode, but like I don't know where you stand on Girl Meets World. Yeah. But I liked Girl Meets World a lot. And his son is like a center point of that. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so weird that like they made this character who is fairly small in the world of Boy Meets World. They made his son so big. I think that had to be with like fan response. I'm yeah. Sure, fans wanted more Minkus. Yeah. Because I do remember in the graduation episode, he gets probably the biggest reaction when he returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Girl Meets World, I still haven't finished it. I watched the first season. And it was a rocky start, but it really started to get interesting towards the later half. And from what I understand, the last two seasons feel a little bit more like a Boy Meets World series. It definitely finds its legs. It, yeah. it, it, it's a bummer because it ends prematurely. Um, but it does definitely find its legs in like the second season and then three and four are pretty solid. Yeah. So the, the, the slight B plot that we did mention very briefly is that Morgan has traded uh, her mother's golden necklace for a plastic necklace, and they have an evil plan <laughs> to trick this girl into giving back the necklace as well as all of her clothes, her hat, and her mother's car in exchange that, for a brownie. That mother was fucking awful. They Terrible. So there was another episode where Corey was supposedly a genius and he wasn't earlier in this season. And I feel like the writers of Boy Meets World have a very distinct type of person when they think of, like, someone who's snooty. Because yeah. it is, like, the almost the exact same woman to a T in this scene. Um, this episode doesn't have a, fe- like, a like a memorable Feeny speech. No, like I said, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was probably my least favorite Feeny 
episode because it doesn't feel very true to like the previous couple episodes Feeny and it definitely doesn't feel true to later Mm -hmm. Feeny Um, this episode has a cameo of Jim Abbott who I was never a huge baseball fan but even I knew of Jim Abbott because Mm -hmm. it's such an interesting person in baseball I'm not sure if you're you're familiar I'm I'm really not to me that cameo felt really dated like well so here was the thing with Jim Abbott I'm not sure if you noticed it, but he only has one hand. We did I notice did that, yeah. yes. And he was a pitcher. Yeah. He was a one-handed pitcher. So, like, bringing him in to kind of talk about, like, don't let anyone tell you you can't do this thing is kind of extra powerful. Because even when this I didn't is, care about baseball, yeah. I thought that that was fascinating. Yeah. Um, That's he, a fair point. He used to do a thing my dad would tell me about all the time where he would basically rest his glove on his stump. And then he would throw with his hand and then immediately slide his hand into the glove to catch the ball Mm -hmm. if someone hit it. So, like, that alone is, like, a crazy thing to teach yourself how to do. And then he did legitimately pitch a no-hitter, which is just, like, like all of it is super inspirational. And it's actually depressing that no one really remembers Jim Abbott because that, to me, is, like, a superstar that you actually want to care about and, and idolize and look up to. And he's just kind of... Yeah, Forgotten. It's, it's unfortunately baseball. <laughs> like, like, no, I don't think anyone considers <laughs> yeah. baseball much. Well, Minkus baseball. thought it was basketball, which is my other favorite Minkus line. <laughs> it's pretty solid. He just, all the kids show up with baseballs to sign, and Minkus is standing there with a basketball and just says, uh, it appears I have brought the incorrect ball. <laughs> but his, and it was the delivery that yeah. crushed that. Like, he's like kind of resigned, like, it appears that I brought the wrong ball. <laughs> like, it was very solid. Minkus... I think was the best child actor of the crew. Uh, the, everything that he said just had a very natural flow to it, mm-hmm. which is a shame because, you know, again, not only did he, like, not appear in future seasons, but I think a couple episodes ago we even looked on IMDb to find out that, like, he straight up hasn't really acted much at all outside of Boy Meets Girl World and Girl Meets World. I think in 20 years he had, like, 12 film roles. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, unfortunate. Yeah, definitely yeah. not super underutilized. Um... But can we actually take a second to appreciate how good of parents the Matthews are? Like, his dad, the, the sheer, like, desire to make sure that his kid stays as, like, driven and happy mm-hmm. is so touching even in, like, a lot of these early episodes are rough, but, like, that, I feel like, is the superstar. I agree. And he, that's consistent throughout the whole series. Yeah. Anytime yeah. I think back... To Boy Meets World, I can, I can just remember the father being always, like, the dad everyone wanted. Yeah. yeah he was now, great. there's one other thing about their parents, though, which, in the closing credit sequence we see, they are horny as... Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yes. That closing credit was creepy as all <laughs> like, all around, because Corey was there with the camera, like, show me some action. Like, are you trying to coach your parents into making a sex thing? Yeah, n- yeah, no. Yeah, but, and I also feel like that continues throughout most of the seasons. Ooh. They are, like, a very awkwardly, yeah, like, sexual family for, for a kid's mm-hmm. show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all in all, I, I feel like first season is very, like... There's a lot of garbage, and then there's some really good episodes. I thought that this was actually a, one of the better episodes. I found myself kind of chuckling along mm-hmm. to way more jokes than normal. Yeah. There were some, certainly, parts where I was like, ooh, telegram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It just felt First very... of all, like, do they even do telegrams anymore? Like, I don't know if they did telegrams in 93. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, I'm like, that, I have so many know. questions about that. <laughs> that was a dated reference 
then. Like, it's, yeah. not long. it's kind of interesting to me watching it from you know now, 20 years later, because if we're assuming that Girl Meets World is canon, yeah. Corey grows up to be Feeny. Yeah. Like, that is yes. the trajectory he takes. So he was very wrong. So you haven't... <laughs> You haven't heard the episode that uh, comes out before this one because it hasn't come out yet, but that episode is actually even heavier uh, in that because the episode is based around the premise that Feeney um, makes a bet with Corey that Corey couldn't be a better teacher than him and lets Corey teach a class for the week. Oh, wow, that's very um, interesting. Yeah, that's a great pull. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like watching it now and being like, oh, and he becomes a teacher. Like, this is yeah. like the first seeds of that. Yeah. Um, and That's it is cool. interesting to watch these episodes with that knowledge in mind. Yeah. Because I do think it's canon. <laughs> I, I mean, it's all the same creators. Yeah. It's all the same no, actors. I, I, yeah. I, there's no reason for it not to be. Right. Um, do you guys have any other final thoughts before we jump into the second half of the, uh, the podcast? Can we talk about Larry? Poser. What's, <laughs> what's the deal with him? Larry is like. This whole first season just has these revolving best friends. <laughs> like it's like I Corey, Sean, and Guess. As a red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we never see him again. Yeah, do we? they just pop in and out. Yeah, yeah. Larry is a kiss ass and a half. Yeah, but I like that. Like Feeny totally calls him on it. Like <laughs> Poser. viciously. Yeah, viciously calls him on it. Feeny is just. Livid this episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good day for him. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, but it is funny that. Larry was the poser trying to be Feeny, and again, we know that Corey grows up to be Feeny. But so he's not a poser, cool. he's authentic, right? Feeny. He, exactly. he, he got appreciates. The yeah. Um, so, what it, so I always ask people, especially when it's their first time on the show, like, what is your history with Boy Meets World? What are some of your memories growing up with the show? If Did you even grow up with the show, or is this something that you found later in life? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was like about eight when I watched the show. I watched it on TGIF. Yeah. I mean, in that lineup, there were Step by Step, Hang on Mr. Cooper, Family Matters. And I was just no like, one ever brings up Hang on with Mr. Cooper, but that was definitely, I feel like that was a, a, a TGIF show for a lot longer than it probably actually yeah, was. Yeah, it was my jam. Did, ever, did anyone ever check like how many seasons did that I think run? I looked it up and it was I only like two it. or yeah, three. I think it was a very short run, but yeah. like long by TGIF standards. Right. Because really full house family matters and boy meets world are the ones that and sabrina were the ones that really just like yeah they just kept pumping out episodes mm-hmm. yeah but hanging with mr cooper i feel like is like that next tier yeah where it got a good amount of seasons but like not nearly like it got more than like muppets tonight and teen angel mm-hmm. but oh, like oh my god that made me so sad I, i'm a huge muppets fan yeah, muppets, muppets tonight and muppets it's... tonight I feel like if I rewatched it though, I'd probably be disappointed by it because I love the classic Muppets so much. But as a kid, I was just like, "Yeah, Muppets Tonight." Yeah, yeah, yeah like, And Muppets Tonight was post Henson. Yeah, you know, because it was it wasn't hosted by Kermit; it was hosted by the Rastafarian puppet, and I can never remember his name. Yeah. But <laughs> I only remember that one episode featured Garth Brooks, and he sang "Standing Outside the Fire." That's like the only thing I remember <laughs> about it. And it's like, that's a really weird song to do a Muppets like, segment with, because it's like a super serious song. Yeah, like, oh. like, it's It's not like Elton John doing Crocodile Rock. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, Boy Meets World, like, it hit me at just a good time, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I think I watched it in 94, 95, or something like that. So I hadn't, like 
quite hit my like skate punk phase yeah. where I wouldn't have been too cool for school. Like yeah. if I saw that in like '99, oh, yeah, I wouldn't been... watch it. No way in hell. Now, did you but... keep watching it in '99? I did. Yeah. I watched it. Well, I think because it became it, in... it became like the kids' soap opera. You yeah. needed to know how everything. Yeah, ended. I think I watched it up to the college years and then kind of fell off with it at that point. It's funny because as a kid, I remember the college years was roughly where I fell off too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, they're married now. Like it, yeah. it just it felt so dumb. And now, like, watching it, I'm like, God, those are some of the best seasons. Because yeah. it just felt like right. the writers had total free reign to yeah. go as crazy And they, they probably wanted. were, because at that point, you know, we're now six, seven years into this show. Yeah. So that everyone's really got their characters, everyone's really got their, like, personas, and the show's got its legs. But it just, I wasn't there in my life yeah. yet, so it just wasn't for me. But know? yeah, now... I feel like a lot of my friends fell off there. Like, that yeah. was like a falling off point for a lot of us. But I think all of us all have the same thing now where it's like, looking back, those were, we missed out on gold. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see underpants for like years. <laughs> I always heard people reference it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Because once I got to college, I stopped caring. Yeah. I was like, oh, Phoenix following him to college. <laughs> it's like, I just could not wrap my head around it. I feel like it. I groaned when that happened. <laughs> I, I actually love that. I was like, oh my god, this is so great. So, while we're reminiscing there, then I guess the, the second question would be, do you have a favorite Boy Meets World moment? Hmm. <laughs> That's much harder. I don't Because we rewatched this episode, but I haven't like revisited Boy Meets World in a long time. All right. And I probably haven't watched it in a decade. Yeah, I just, like, I found the characters for me just very relatable at, at that time in my life. Like, I was a nobody, yeah. and so was Corey. The panga was, like, kind of nerdy, and that's who I was. Like, I didn't have a whole lot of friends, and I just hung with my parents, so it kind of <laughs> made, made a You're whole like, lot of this, sense to me at that time. They just made a show about me. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, yeah, well. I can't, like, think of an individual moment. Just in general, the show was, like, my experience. Yeah, yeah. no, that makes sense. That's perfect. Yeah. So, we said this at the front of the show. Let's wrap up with this, too. You guys do a thing called 8-Bit Fusion. Um, where can people go to check out some of your designs, pick up some shirts and some of the other little trinkets that you do? I mean, obviously, you hit a ton of conventions if you're in the, the general tri-state Philly area and a few other conventions outside of that area. Yeah, but... we'll go down as far south as, like, Delaware or Maryland, and we've been as far north as um, Long Island. Um, but as far as where to find us, our Facebook is 8-Bit Fusion. Our Instagram is 8-Bit Fusion. We're pretty active on both of those. Um, our URL website is... Popculturejunk.com. Popcultures <laughs> I should probably know that. She'll be better off with the schedule for later. Yeah, yeah. If you just go to our Facebook, all our events are listed there. Um, upcoming on November 25th, we're going to be at the Bridesburg Comic Con in Northeast Philly. Will that carry on into November 26th when this episode comes out? Um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, no, it will not. But Maybe um, I can release this one a day early. So today, they're at that convention that today. Would, that would be great, if, yeah. If you're sitting in your car... <laughs> <laughs> on this day after Black Friday, and you're looking for a thing Small to do. Business Saturday, and we're also having a, uh, we're having a huge online sale. For the first time ever, com is going to be fully stocked, and we're going to have a big sale. Nice. That's very cool. All right, well, thank you guys so much for popping on to the show. Thanks for having us. Um, Thanks for having us. And I'll bring you back for another season for sure. Awesome. Great, Thanks. <laughs>